Episode 78, The Rant, Katrina Plummer, high-level multi-sport athlete, multi-sport official in soccer and basketball, and director of Women's Premier League. Katrina knows a thing or two about being courted. She was blessed to be gifted at many sports, including soccer, lacrosse, and basketball. In this pod, she discusses her playing days, her experience in college, her advice to kids in their own recruitment process, as well as her career as an official and running the Women's Premier League. All that and more, my conversation with Katrina, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life, and with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires, too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5, too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neattux.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a special, special guest. First year basketball official from Suffolk County on the women's side. Also second year soccer official in Suffolk County, Katrina Plummer. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So I met this young lady the same time I met Shay. Yes, you did. <laughs> and I remember you were, you were real bubbly. And yeah. then once it was basketball time, I was like, oh, okay, these, these guys can ball. And I just remember I, I was really fixated on Shay because she just talks so crazy. She does. She and does. I just remember you were kind of in foul trouble, but... I appreciated that you switched your game up when you had a certain amount of fouls and you had a good core. Um, and that was a competitive lead, but nonetheless, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me and giving me the opportunity. Anytime. So let's go all the way back. I just wanted to know what was your relationship with sports growing up? What did you play? What did you play in middle school? What did you play in high school and ultimately in college? Um, my relationship with sports, I always, I always played sports. Um, the first sport I ever played was actually soccer. And... Um, I got into basketball and lacrosse and volleyball. In middle school, I um, played basketball, soccer, lacrosse, and volleyball. And when I got to high school, I um, I couldn't play volleyball anymore because it went at the same time as soccer, and I was really good at soccer. Um, you know, I got pulled up to varsity at, like from middle school and everything. So soccer and basketball really was my main thing because I played travel for both. Okay. And then lacrosse, I also played travel. So. As I became a senior in high school, my mother's like, you have to decide because I was actually getting D1 looks for lacrosse, soccer, and basketball. And um, would you go to school for uh, high school? North Island High School. I went with Bria Hartley. Okay, a lot cool. of people know her. Never heard of her. Um, UConn. Yes, yeah, never heard of her. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I played with her in high school. 
I also played with her in the same AAU program for Exodus New York City. Um, I also played Civil Bowls before that. But sports was my life growing up. I traveled a lot. I went up and down the East Coast, Tennessee, everywhere. Like it was really my life growing up and it really made me who I am today. And I'm very thankful that I had the opportunity to have the talent to play and I ended up getting a full ride to Felicia University for it. So it paid for my schooling, which is really good. You know, I got my degree through it. But it was sports really was my life. And you ended up focusing on basketball in college. I end up deciding I wanted to do basketball. I had to make a decision. And my decision really helped me when I noticed that I had allergies. I had bad allergies from being outdoors. And I had ended up getting sports-induced asthma in um, my senior year in high school. And my doctor's like, listen, if you play outdoor sports, it's going to get worse. Mm. So... I end up just deciding that, you know what, I think I want to do basketball. I got offered to play basketball and lacrosse for the Florida Gators. They offered me a full ride for the D1, and I ended up deciding not to take it because I felt like in college I didn't want to do two sports. So I made my decision to go just with basketball, and then um, Felician offered me a full ride, and my coach was like, when I went up to visit, he's like, listen, if you come here, you're going to start as a freshman. So it just made my decision easier so I just decided to go play with basketball that was division two division two mm-hmm. okay so I had a couple of questions just for my personal curiosity mm-hmm. so um, as a lot of people know uh, I've been coaching at Kellenberg for 20 years this is my 20th season coaching the girls volleyball team really? and yes. it means a lot to me thank you mm-hmm. um, but I've noticed over the years that they don't have the same tenacity of playing multiple sports and excelling at them now a lot of times people only focus on volleyball and then it, it kind of breaks my heart that they, you know, end up not playing basketball. And I'll give you a good example. I had this girl about four years ago. She decided not to play volleyball to focus on basketball. In turn, regretting it later on, ended up playing senior year. But she lost that one year, and we had to get her up to speed because she wasn't ready for the varsity level. So why do you think that there's such a change now from when you played high school sports to now, now that there's more specialization and kids don't really play those multiple sports and as well excel on? I think that now kids just want to focus on one sport, which I don't know why. I think it's always good because I always looked at it as lacrosse and basketball kind of similar. They're similar. So, you know, what I learned in lacrosse, I brought to basketball. And what I learned in basketball, I brought to lacrosse. So I think it's actually a good thing. And it also keeps you in shape mm. playing all year round. But I think people just get focused on, you know what? If you focus on basketball, you'll excel in it. And you just you pound basketball into you, pound basketball into you. But people don't understand, you know, even Bria Hartley, she played three sports just along with me too. And she's great in basketball. But I think that kids should play multiple sports instead of focusing on one thing because that – Having other sports can help you not only be able to, oh, I'm going to learn new things that can probably cross over through the sports, but also learn about with being with multiple teams, different personalities, and helping you learn life lessons, not only, you know? Yeah. It's, it should be multiple teams that you should want to try to play. But kids now, I think it's just their parents kind of push on them. Like, you know what? You're going to play one sport. It could be like a financial thing. Like, they don't want to put them in different travel things. And it just, you know, confuses the kids. So I think they just don't want to do multiple sports. But I think it's actually a great thing, and they should. Yeah. I, I know that there was one podcast, maybe the last turnaround of the World Cup, where Amy Wambach was like, you know, I was really good at headers because... I learned defensive rebounds and positioning, and I was 
literally in position because, you know, those rebounding principles I learned in middle school. And it was very interesting to hear that. The other question that I did want to ask you before we ask, you know, the other questions that I normally ask is that, um, what advice would you give a young uh, man or woman when they're deciding and they're getting a lot of D1 looks? You know, sometimes you can't really tell because sometimes you are really the, the, the top of the top. And, and that's one of those things where you excel and you're probably the best, you're the chosen one in high school, but then everything kind of evens out because on the next level, everyone is the same as you. And, you know, I had a kid, um, she was getting a lot of D1 looks, but I was saying, you know, you're kind of on the bubble and you probably would have a better college experience if you go D2, you'll probably play immediately, but the allure of D1. And it's hard for parents to separate that and they don't think about, you know, it's kind of like if you play overseas, that sounds great, but what is it gonna be like for you if you go to Slovenia? You've never been there before. It sounds good in theory. What kind of advice would you give? And, and what was, you know, do you think it was because the promise of you playing immediately on and not getting lost in the shuffle? My advice to the women and men out there, and I think that you need to make the decision that's best for you. I know a lot of these young adults, they listen to their parents, they listen to the hype. You gotta look, think about yourself and pull yourself aside and say, you know what, what is the best fit for me? I'm not just gonna go to UConn because it sounds nice that, oh, Katrina's going to UConn. You have to figure out what's the best fit for you. I had many D1 looks. You know, I had Vermont looking at me. I had um, Princeton looking at me, Hofstra. And I had to sit there and think, you know, my parents really wanted me to go to Vermont. And I had to sit there and think, you know, what is the best fit for me? And the coach saying that, you know what, you're going to play, it's, that's, that told me, like, that sold the deal. Like, I'm going to come in as a freshman and play, of course. I knew yeah, I had talent, but I knew once I was coming in, I'm not going to sit there and play once I get in. I knew you got to pay attention when they're scouting. You got to see who's on the team. You got to pay attention to everything. I think you just, these young adults, you know, you have to sit there and figure out what's best for you. Do not listen to the outside noise. That's my best advice to everybody. You know, you just have to make a decision that's best for you. And you only decide that. Nobody else can decide that for you. Because most people are on the outside and just want the hype, mm. the big everything you it's not always about that you know and i know many of kids who went d1 and ended up transferring red shirt you know it's too much and i felt like you know you made they might have made a decision because they're like oh everybody just wants me to go here but you really i'm glad i actually made that decision not going d1 instead deciding you know what i'm gonna go d2 i'm gonna play and because of that I was the face of my program and I enjoyed my college years and I enjoyed the college basketball. It was a really good experience for me. And some people don't always get that experience because they go off at the height. I mean, some kids do, they, it, do, it does work out, but my advice to, you know, the young adults is do what's best for you and don't listen to everybody else. That's really good advice. And, and hopefully a lot of my girls listen to this one. Um, so after that, after you finish college and all that, now that you've played so much sports and you had so much experience, what was the next step in terms of athletics? Did you start coaching? Did you start officiating? I actually tried out to go overseas. I did, and it didn't work out. And then I ended up coaching my nephew. I started coaching him when he was about eight, nine years old, and up until he was about 15. So I stopped maybe like a year or two ago. Um, I remember maybe two years ago when I was coaching Gabby Gibson, 
I saw her and she was refereeing and she's like, I'm like, how do you get into refereeing? And she kept saying, Katrina, you need to do it. It's really good. And I just kept waiting. Like, you know, I, I don't got time for that. I don't, I, don't, I don't have time to sit there and referee. Oh, I got to take a class. I don't know if I can do it. And then this year, I finally just decided to do it. But I didn't really know what I wanted to do with the sports. I didn't know if I wanted to coach or I wanted to go back to my high school. Uh-huh. And kind of like I just I just started coaching and then I played, you know, for fun and recreation ball and stuff like that. But the thrill probably wasn't the same, right? It's definitely not the same. We do have moments where, you know, like these championship games that, you know, play at Island Garden or when I play at West Fork, it's pretty cool. Um, but it's not the same right. as college ball. It's, it's never going to be the same. Mm. But it's but, fun playing. It's just fun playing. So how did you, aside from Gabby, was that conversation had before you got into soccer? Or is what Gabby led you to the officiating business in general um gabby did um that was before i was even a soccer ref like i wasn't neither i just was just coaching um gabby's conversation stuck in the back of my head and i always kept saying and i I always would see her refing and i'm like i should just do this and i saw isha and i saw chelsea and then my friend jasmine was refing so i'm like you know what and jasmine kept saying katrina you should just do it just do it and i just finally last year um Brian Johnson. I don't know if you know him. Yes. Of course. After one of my games, he ref me. He goes, Katrina, why don't you referee? And I'm like, I don't know. And then... You didn't like the black and white shirt, right? I... It wasn't that. It just... I just figured I didn't have the time. Uh, and I just... I don't know if I... It was more, you know, I was procrastinating. I just kind of just didn't want to do it. But he gave me the information... And I went with it, and I ended up taking the class and passing. That's awesome. Before that, I want to backtrack. What was your relationship with officials in high school, with all the sports you did, as well as in college? You know what? I never was the type of player that would be bothered with the officials. I was the type of player that, you know, I'm going to go see how they're officiating, and I'm going to adjust. Always been that type of player. I never had issues where I yelled at the referees. I... I didn't bother with that until I started coaching, honestly. I didn't really pay attention to officiating. All I did was like, all right, they, they're calling the game this way or it's going to be this way. I'm going to adjust. That's the type of player I was growing up. Mm. So when you took the certification class for soccer as well as basketball, was it kind of like a rude awakening? You couldn't believe how many rules there were and the things that you didn't oh, know? Oh, my God. You don't even understand. I it made me look at referees differently it made me say you know that's a lot of information Mm. i didn't know this was this you know i thought i was a basketball i thought i knew everything like oh this is the rule and then when you you take the test and you take the class you're like what is this like what is that i didn't know this was a travel i didn't know this made it a walk or backcourt and then it kind of made me look at referees like i understand why you called that you know, I never understood sometimes, like, why, how is that a travel? Or how is that backcourt? Or how is that out? Or how is this, this, and that? It made me understand, and it woke me up to officiating. Right. So do you remember your first instances officiating soccer as well as basketball? Can you take us through those moments? Yes. Um, basketball, my first game, I officiated young girls. It, it was interesting. It wasn't as much, you know, high-level basketball, but it was interesting. I liked it. Um... I love officiating little kids because they want to learn, which is a great feeling. Soccer, the same thing. Soccer is not as intense as basketball, which is good. Like you, I feel like soccer, your calls can't, you know, change the game. Right. Basketball, it's 
your cold can really change the game and it kind of puts a lot of pressure on you but I know my when I was first refing the first game I was kind of nervous because I'm like I wasn't quick enough you know I was a little slow calling stuff and I'm like you gotta think right off the back okay this is a travel or this is that's a foul I think the hardest thing when I first started refing was determining what was a foul and what wasn't and calling a travel I feel like it was just everything happened so quick it was so hard adjusting to that and I probably think the biggest adjustment is that you played at a high level and you're also the perception of it is playing as a five or a four right yes. so you have a lot of post play mm -hmm. and you know me and Shade discussed this before because we play the same position you know some of the things I'm like well that wouldn't be a foul if I was defending her right and you got to yes. separate yourself from what you think is a foul and also you know if I'm doing a game, an adult league game, and, and you guys have the same amount of proficiency in dribbling and, and shooting, mm -hmm. I'm going to let a lot of things go in comparison to if kids can't play. Yes, that's true. I also agree with saying that, you know, somebody, you let plays go to see where they're going to go, especially with adult leagues. You're like, all right, if it's a little kid, I might call that little tap on the arm. But if it's an adult, he might get there and get to the basket. And then if I don't, if I call it, you might end that play. And you're like, oh, that could have been like an N1 or it could have been a layup that you didn't have to stop. So it's it's hard adjusting to that. Now that you have the officiating bug, would you ever officiate any other sports outside of soccer and basketball? And if so, what would it be? I think I would do lacrosse. That's the only sport I think I would do is lacrosse. What about that asthma? Uh, figure it out it it's gone it's gone it went away when I was in college and um, I was able to fix it which thank God but I can do it now so those are the three sports soccer basketball lacrosse rinse and repeat yes cool okay so um, do you think that playing at a high level of officiating has gotten your learning curve of officiating a lot faster than somebody that just is like fresh off the street and wouldn't know anything I think so I think because you've been, you played a lot of games, you understand a lot of things. Somebody who doesn't really play basketball doesn't understand that or just played in high school is not going to, you understand, like, because basketball is more of, like, situations and plays. You're not going to get the same plays you get in high school that you're going to get in college. Right. So, I under, like, my knowledge with that was a little ahead of some others. So I understood, like, situation, like, or this situation happens, all right, I know, I know what to decide. I know what to, where to go with that. Some people who didn't, who haven't been in those situations, like, what do I do? You know, so it, it did. I think what's also cool that, um, you know, a lot of you guys have done it together. You, Aaliyah, Mary, Shay, mm -hmm. that you guys have a nice cohesive unit of officiating and you guys can grow together and really lean on each other. And that's, I think that's a very important thing in terms of support. Um, I know in the Women's Association back where I'm at in Nassau, we're very supportive and, you know, we really root each other on for everybody's opportunity. And, and it's a good network. It's a good network of building, right? Yeah. I also want to shout out Isha. She put a group together with all the women. And we, when any, we have any questions or anything, she kind of, like, became the mother of the group. Because she's definitely at a high level of refereeing. For so sure. she brought us all together, including Jasmine. People who's been doing it years, she brought us all together. We take quizzes weekly. And I really want to thank her for that because it helped me out. She sends camps, anything. So she's the mother of our 
power group of women. Damn, I need to be a woman. <laughs> of, um, for officiating. So she helped us out a lot. And I want to shout her out for that because I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, Nish, you, Nish and Cliff, y'all need to get on the rant. Stop playing around. Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> um, so the other thing that I wanted to say is, um, you know, we were talking about how you had the bug afterwards and you still want to play. We're even doing an adult league game in 30 minutes. Um, I saw over over Instagram that you started your own uh, basketball league in Sousa in Hopog, New York. Uh, it's called Women's Premier League, right? Yes, it is. Yes. Talk about that. How did you start that? And what's what's been your experience organizing it? <laughs> it was an experience. Um, I always wanted to start my women's league. And one day I got in, right, in contact with the right people to come and help me. And it was a long process putting it together. And... Um, long nights trying to get teams I had a, I was aiming for eight teams I ended up getting eight teams it's a process because girls it's a little bit harder because some girls you know they have kids and they they're hurt or they don't want to play as much right but I, I was able to do it you know I got help from Mary which is great I love her to death and it was just a process trying to get everything make sure everything get the schedule together put it getting the girls together then make sure the games run on time, make sure I get the referees. It was a big thing, and I honestly didn't expect it to be as hard, but I got through it. I'm really proud of myself for even getting it together. And everyone loves it, right? Everyone loves it, and I'm just happy. I'm looking forward to more seasons. I'm excited. The girls love it, and once the season started, a lot of people reached out to me about wanting to play for the next season, which I'm very happy and thankful for, and I'm just glad that you know it went through. You know, instead of it falling out and then no season happened, which can happen. And I'm just thankful that, you know, it fell together. It's organized and it's it's still a challenge now, but I'm getting through it. And, and it's, it's so it's, worth it, right? It's, oh my God, it's definitely worth it. I feel happy to have a, another season or league for these girls. You know, we usually just have Island Garden or LI Hoops and LI Hoops is not like that out there anymore, like that they don't have any more teams really playing. So I just wanted to put something together for our women because it's all there's so many men's leagues. So I it's know. like why not have more leagues for women, you know, or the major leagues are really in the city and we don't have enough for our girls on Long Island. Right, and that's what I always say. They always have West Fort, Dykeman, yeah. you know, Hoops in the Sun and then you come out here and it's like Island Garden and that's it that's but it, you know you know Suffolk County needs some love too right and that's that was the plan to put Suffolk County on the map for the, that's cool. for the women and I see you got the vinyl backdrop and everyone doing the plays yes, the game and I do. you're getting your high on your own supply, supply <laughs> dropping 30 points yes yes <laughs> um it's just I get on a high when I play at my own league and it's just it's just great that's really cool great feeling so after everything that you said, everything about playing and, and coaching and, and refereeing, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are in this moment in time, especially as an official? It takes hard work. It takes time. And it just, you always, you need to put in the time, the work, and never let the outside noise get involved. You know, you just got to do what you got to do and always work hard at whatever you got to do it, even if you feel like you're failing you keep going and I feel like some people get discouraged when they fail the fail that's gonna that failure is gonna make you get to where you are today mm. you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna fall you're gonna you nothing's ever perfect in this life and I want people to understand that nothing's ever perfect if it's perfect it's not real mm. so 
my thing is just keep pushing no matter how many times you fall get back up and that's my advice to everybody what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go especially in officiating in officiating i'm hoping i can at least get at the college level hopefully and i know what it's going to take is hard work and keep working at my craft and going to camps and doing what i need to do keep working you know getting the experience and i hope to you know officiate at the college level yeah hopefully we do some college games together because yes. you know i'm a women's official i know you are I ain't messing with <laughs> them boys um describe the stickiest situation that you've ever had in playing basketball the most stickiest situation that you ever had as an official and the most stickiest situation thus far in running your league the stickiest situation I had playing basketball was, I would say, when you're the lead, you're the leading scorer for your team, and you have three fouls in the first half. And I remember I was playing St. Thomas Aquinas, and I was the leading scorer. I had two points in the first half, and I had three fouls within the first half, and it was like maybe about maybe 10 minutes left in the half because this is when he's doing halves. It wasn't quarters. Did you agree with the fouls? I did. You did? I'm going to say I did. And um, I never always, I never went against any refs. So I, I agreed with their ref, their um, calls. And I knew that I needed to be in the game in order for my team to win. So I had to sit there at halftime and really process and think, Katrina, what do you need to do in order for your team to have you on the court? Mm. I had to adjust, and I had to figure out how can I still play defense, still score, because one of my fouls was a charge, still score without putting myself in a bad situation where I'm out, like I get my fourth foul, my fifth foul. So I end up playing the second half. I score 20 points in that second half. We end up winning in overtime, and I just adjusted to the referees. I, I figured out okay, I'm going to do this. And I ended up playing the whole half too, which I didn't foul again, thank God. But that was my stickiest situation is trying to adjust because some people just would have went and got frustrated. You know, they just frustrate Happens themselves. Happens all the time. And they don't understand. I always really, I sit there and think to myself a lot with that. Um, another sticky situation with officiating. Now, I had, I was refereeing a game and it was about, the girls were about like 15 young girls and um I my partner was running late and he he wasn't get there to the second half so I had to start the game alone and you wasn't feeling that I didn't want to do it he was stalling. I was still a new ref and I, hate that. I and I knew the girls were a little bit older so um I had to ref it by myself and I was getting yelled at from both coaches <laughs> And they wanted me to start it by myself, so I had to deal with that. And I end up just dealing with it. And I had to bring both coaches together. Like, listen, coach, I'm by myself. I can't. You gotta. You know. You gotta work with me. And they end up apologizing at the end. And some of the parents were even getting frustrated. They were yelling and screaming. And parents, everybody apologized. Like, you know what? We just got involved in a game. We understand you were by yourself. But that was my sticky situation. Doing a whole half by myself with 15 year old girls did your did your nose have beads of sweat 30 seconds into it it did it did (laughs) i was like oh my god and i and i was still fresh like i was new oh i know that feeling 
I was like, I think I was only refing for like a month. So I was just like, my head was like, am I really going to do this by myself? I was so scared. Everybody got to go through that. Yeah. And, but I'm like, you know, sometimes you have refs that come like five minutes late, 10 minutes. It was a whole half. Yeah. And I just was so scared. I feel like veteran officials kind of like find that funny now. Like, I'm going to be 30 minutes late, so I know what that feels like. And you got to go through it at some point, so might as well be today. Yeah, it, it was it was really stressful. Um, another thing with my league, my stickiest situation was a week before my league started, I only had six teams. <sighs> only had six teams. So you were on the phone texting all day, I figuring it out. Mind you, I was in Vegas. I was in Vegas right before oh, I, I was going. You, your stories I was, was on fire I that was week. On fire. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Vegas um, the weekend before my my league started, and I had I had eight teams. Two teams dropped while I was in Vegas. So I'm in Vegas in different time zone, trying to get in touch with people. It was so crazy. I end up getting the two other teams back. The teams that dropped, I ended up getting them back in the league because I had to find players. Because some of the girls were like, oh, we don't have enough players to play in this season. They're going to be going on vacation. That was the most stressful thing I went through. Because I'm like, these two teams say they're going to be here and they dropped out last minute. It was terrible. And then I was on vacation. So it was like my mom was racing. It was like trying to hang out and party. But then I'm trying to figure out getting the teams together. Then we're three hours behind. It, it was so it was so crazy. The question that I want to ask you is what time were you OK? What time was it in Las Vegas when you were OK with everything? I wasn't OK until I got on the flight coming back home. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even like because I think it was the day before I left or the day I left is when I got my eighth team. Like everything set. Uh. It, I think it was when I was leaving. I think everything was like in place. Like, okay, we got these teams. We're good. So my whole trip, I was stressing about that. It might look like I was having fun. No, you look like you was having fun. <laughs> I was stressed out. It was. It was a little. It was a lot. It well, a lot I'm me. sure it'll get a lot easier now as the seasons progress, right? Yes, because you figure out the do's and the don'ts. You know what to do now. Yes, I do. <laughs> having said that, what is your best moment playing basketball ever? What's the best moment that you've had thus far in officiating? And what's the best moment that you've had running Premier? The best moment I had playing basketball is, I can say, when we went to playoffs and we won. In college. In college, yes. And my and it wasn't even me that scored. My teammate, we ran a play, so they knew. My coach was like, he called a timeout, and it was overtime, and he said, they're going to try to double Katrina. So what we're going to do is going to put in Alex and she's going to score a three. What we're going to do is Katrina act like you're about to get a three. And um, we sat there in the play. And, of course, they tried to triple team me. They're thinking I'm going to score. She came up and scored the three. And I think I actually have a video of it. She made it. You can see me in the video running over to her and grabbing her. And that was the best moment and it wasn't even about me scoring it was like my teammate and I get such a high when we're winning I can be the type of player that I'm not going to score 20 points and if my team wins I'm good I'm really happy with that and that was like my highest moment because it was just a great play and my we, we won and my friend scored and she was somebody who didn't really play like that and mm. the fact that she scored on In a big moment, moment it was just a, like I loved that it was it was great officiating um, my greatest moments I can say is 
when you have parents come I had a parent come up to me that I was refing a game by myself and because you know in CYO you ref by yourself up until I think like fifth grade this is another C- this is another by yourself game no I was supposed to be by myself okay and, but, and this was after your by yourself experience yes this is after okay, my by okay. myself so I had a little <laughs> experience with myself anyway um I had a parent come to me at halftime and say how long have you been reffing? I said, I've only been reffing for a few months. He goes, seriously? I go, yeah. He goes, I've been a ref for, he said, I think he's been reffing for like 20 years. I forgot his name. But he said, and he ref and he college, and he, um, not college, he ref and he coached at the college level. And he says, you're one of the best ref, refs I've ever seen. And I've seen refs that have been reffing for 40, 20 years. And he said, you're doing a great game. And that made me feel good because it made me get the confidence that I needed. And that was the best moment in that for me. And in premiere, the my best moment was opening night. Opening night, everything went smoothly. A lot of people were like proud of me and they were shouting me out. And that was just a great moment because it's like, you know, I didn't really think people were really paying attention. But so many people reached out and said, Katrina, I'm really proud of you. And that's really, you know, just that little saying makes somebody feel good. It makes it feel like you're doing something. And I'm thankful for everybody who did reach out to me and say that. And that was my best moment. It was opening night and having everybody reach out to me. And, and on top of that, we had a full gym. Mm. It was packed out. So I'm thankful for that, too. Like, I got so much support and I didn't expect that because usually with girls they don't really come out to the gym they yeah, don't yeah, come yeah. out and watch i had a full gym and i'm so thankful for that that's really cool and i'm, I'm looking forward to you know in fact i'm probably going to come up there one day not as a ref i'm going to just come in there with the media <laughs> pass and, and see what's going on make a write about it on the website and then try to promote it on my end um one thing that i did want to say that i can relate to you is that I've been in many situations where I've had three fouls in the first half, but I've always had the least amount of minutes on my team, so I can't relate to that whole leading <laughs> score thing. So I was, you know, fifteenth man, and I'd 15th. always, yeah, I, I, I was always the, the 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 worst of the best. But hey, I was in the building. That's all I cared about. That's but all that matters. we about this reffing thing, you know what I mean? So, yeah. hey, good luck to you. Everything that you're doing, good luck tonight. Hopefully, Mary does that switch so I can do your game. You know, yes, I'm honored please. to know you, and I'm honored to to know that you're officiating and you're taking it serious. And you know, much luck to you with the Premier League. Um, is there any final words that you want to say before we part ways? Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's supporting me. Again, thank you for looking out for me and had giving me the opportunity. Also, we had many we had had many talks. We rep together, and you looked out for me, and I want to thank you for that. I just everybody who's out there supporting me. If I don't reach out to you, I'm I'm still thanking you. And I'm just, you know, I love the support and I'm going to always support others. And I'm just thankful for that. And I'm just thankful for the people who's rocking with me right now. And I want you guys to keep rocking with me. Yeah, and Referee Ramp definitely rocks with you. And you just give me with the forever quote, if it if if it's perfect, then it ain't real. That is... Oh, really? That's some real words. And, and I'm going to definitely write that. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. I like that. So Thank for Katrina you. Plummer... This is Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant. We're signing out. Peace.